0: Okay. This is so weird. them am doing this by the way. We're sitting uh, Sarah and I at our dining room table. We're playing skip bow Paul Simon's playing in the background. Here's my situation. I came across this video today that I wanted to share with people talking about the difference between being a should you be a specialist or a generalist and uh, it's Tim Ferris and his whole thing is you should be a specialized generalist in life and it he breaks down his uh, his process of saying yes to projects. Right? So I'm like, this is fascinating. I want to share this clip. I feel like my entire life has been, um, Frustration after frustration of trying to figure out what the next step in my life is. Even back when I was like, from the evangelical background that I grew up in, I had a view that there was like, oh, there was God's this road of life that God had planned out for you, and your only job was to figure out what that was and don't screw up. don't screw up. Yeah, don't choose wrong. Don't choose wrong. Yeah,
1: There's not a lot of clues as to what the right way is either.
0: Yeah, so my entire time is like when I'm doing something, when I'm acting my I was second guessing it and then when I wasn't acting I was uh, like acting on something ideas like moving forward in life, right? Like I've had I've always talked these talks about at the beginning of the year. I did this podcast episode where it was the jet ski idea that you on a jet ski you only can steer if you're moving if you stop giving it gas. You can't steer, uh, and I, sometimes I feel that it's the same way with life. But I've been so freak in my life, I've been so freaking paralyzed at times. So I just like I just look back at my life and I just think about how much freaking time I was just wasted being paralyzed, not knowing what the next step is. So then you did nothing. And then I fucking did nothing. And I you do that nothing. Totally backfired. Yeah, and it. Yeah. And it turns into like this weird energy cyclical thing. You're not moving. So you don't move. And then you like the longer you don't move, the harder it is to move. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know. So for me, it's like I just feel like I've wasted so much time. um, Like, I don't know. Just try like stressing about what the next right step is. Mm. And I'm fucking The
1: next right step was to take a step. Yeah. Any
0: step. Any step. Just step. I, it is interesting. And sometimes I realize that there are moments in life where you have a really clear idea yeah. of what the next thing is. But then there are some times in life where it's kind of like Indiana Jones. And when he's... Uh, Indiana Jones in the uh, the Holy Grail. When he's in in the cave. And you can't see the path in front of you. But you just have to... This leap of faith. Oh, yeah. And you just have to step out. And so easier said than done of course but oh geez yeah way easier said than done so anyways um, Tim Ferriss is a, Tim Ferris is a, uh, a guy who is best known as like an author he wrote this book called the four-hour Workweek and a ton of others uh, tribe of mentors rules that's been an amazing book for me anyway anyways he's um, I think he's I think he's brilliant and I love listening to his podcast, The Tim Ferriss Show. And uh, May of 2020, he put up uh, this like, YouTube video, five minutes long, of him talking about whether, when people ask him if they should be a specialized or a generalist uh, or how to make the next decision on what their project should be. And to me, I just found it so helpful because I've realized how hidden in so many areas of my life is just a fear. Uh, what it comes down to is just a fear of failure for me. Like I'm afraid that whatever I choose will be the wrong decision.
1: Yeah, and I think when you do things like that, that's a vague statement, but I think you reinforce this really negative muscle of self-doubt. And so it it just becomes, you reinforce that self-doubt. And so every single time you, you, you doubt yourself, every decision. And so it's really hard to break out of that because you've, Built up this response mechanism. Like blinking, you know, something comes in your eye, you blink. It's almost like that. It's just like it's you- <laughs> oh,
0: so good. That is so
1: fucking good. So yes. it's like you, you can't trust your own thoughts and your own opinions when really I think, for lack of a better word, like y- your gut is a real thing and really something to pay attention to. But when you've taught yourself that my, my gut cannot be trusted for whatever reason. You're going to be a basket case.
0: Oh, yes.
1: It's paralyzing. You will get nowhere. You will be dysfunctional. And and that's not impossible to get out of, but it's so hard because you've... Yeah. That- when, you, when you can't trust yourself and your own decisions and your own mind, that's a really shitty place to be in.
0: <sighs> See, that's why this is like so weird for me to do things like this because you are so naturally... Like when it comes to trusting your gut, like you just have, that's just a natural like state of existence for you where I seem to be the opposite. Like you see me constantly second guessing myself, freaking out. What's the thing I need to do. And yeah. it just sends me in this dark hole of like, like not spiral. movement. Yeah. So anyways, force,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's it. The, the reason I'm doing this number one, I'm pumped because I, I'm pumped you're willing to just pause for a second let me do like record this while I was in my mind. <laughs> yeah. If your eyes roll back any further in your head.
1: I just want
0: to play Skippo. I think I'm going to win. <laughs> okay. I'm but I'm just pumped to share this cuz I ha- I feel it's top of the year. I feel like I'm not the only one that is. I feel good right now. I'm in a place where I'm like I have movement. I'm in a good place in life where I feel like I've act small actionable steps. That's important. But maybe if there's somebody else that is crippled by fear or like trying to figure out what the next step is in any self-doubt. media self doubt or what to focus on with your, I my mean, tons of these conversations with musician friends that apply to this. I feel like this thought from Tim Ferriss will help. And if you're interested in that cheesy as hell analogy, talking about movement and jet skis, um, Right now it's my uh the podcast trailer right now that I put out at the very top of the year. I dive into that more. Thanks, Sophie.
1: You're welcome. I said, you're welcome. <laughs>
2: So I'd like to explore the question I get a lot, which is, should I specialize or should I be a generalist? And my answer, in short, would be, you should be a specialized generalist, so let me explain what that means. When I interviewed Scott Adams not long ago, I suppose it was a few years ago, it doesn't feel like long ago, I, Scott, who is the creator of Dilbert, uh, I looked up some of his older writing related to career advice, and he had some really sage advice that I have applied in many, many, many ways uh, since uh, in concrete form. And his recommendation in brief, although I'm paraphrasing here of course, is try to combine a handful of skills that are rarely combined. In other words, if you want to just specialize and become a basketball player, you really need to be in the top 0001% to do phenomenally well financially and otherwise. On the other hand, If, say, you combine two skills that are valuable, but even more rare and therefore more valuable together in many instances, like a computer science degree and a law degree, or extreme knowledge of finance and or mathematics plus public speaking, automatically you have a competitive advantage that allows you to more likely end up, say, in the top decile of earning power, all right? So you're not trying to master a thousand different skills, you're not dabbling as a dilettante in a million things and never going, say, a mile deep, but you are spreading yourself out across multiple skills that are rarely combined and can be very effectively combined. Warren Buffett, as one example, the world's most or certainly one of the world's most successful investors. Although anybody who's interested should check out Renaissance Capital as, a, as another extreme example of investing success. But Warren Buffett has said that his best investment was in, I believe, a Dale Carnegie speaking course. Because being a good speaker, having a command of communication in spoken form and in written form, Warren's a very good writer, really provides you with an Archimedes lever for whatever other skills you happen to have. Because there are many who are, say, technicians in a specific field, but are not able to communicate effectively to lay people without dumbing things down. Warren's very good at this. And uh, therefore, I would encourage you to consider public speaking, writing. And negotiating to be three very easy add-ons or multipliers for whatever your core skill or skills might be. Those will give you an immediate competitive advantage. And when I think about my own career choices, the best career choices, the best project choices that I have made, I also tend to think about winning even if I fail. And this is also borrowing very much from Scott Adams, although I did this prior to being exposed to Scott. What that means is I'm choosing my projects, what I commit time to over, say, a six to 12 month period based on the skills and the relationships I will develop that can transcend or persist after that project. All right, so if you look at my experience with different types of startup investing, say early on advising StumbleUpon, which didn't work out, but then later I ended up becoming involved with Uber, that's a great example of this principle in practice. If you look at my experience with The 4-Hour Chef and the experimental Amazon Publishing, which did not work out as well as one would have hoped, but then my relationship that I developed with Houghton Mifflin, HMH, that then transferred over later to my work with Tools of Titans. Okay. Then you have different types of skills like being interviewed for podcasts during the launch of the Four Hour Chef and the Four Hour Body. So you have Joe Rogan, Mark Marin, Nerdist, Chris Hardwick, all these people I learned so much from being interviewed by, which then informed starting the podcast in 2012, 2013 after the Four Hour Chef. So these are independent projects that one could say objectively failed on some level, that nonetheless planted the seeds in the form of relationships and skills that gave me a 1000x, 10,000x return later. And that is how you can insure yourself, in some ways bulletproof yourself against failure as long as you have those ingredients, relationships, good people, and skills, marketable skills, that can be transferred to other areas outside of that particular project or experience so that it's not siloed. And so those are a few of my thoughts on sort of specialized versus generalist and also making career decisions in such a way that uh, you are able to have a positive snowball effect whether you are a specialist or a generalist. And my particular approach, as I mentioned at the very beginning, is to be a specialized generalist. So you're choosing a handful of things that combine very, very well, as opposed to trying everything or planting all of your bets in one particular spot. It can make sense to specialize, but only if you are the LeBron James of your field or can be in the top, top, top few percent of what you plan to do.